Management Insights. I am your host, Ashley Malone, and we are so excited that you have joined us this morning. For those of you newer to the podcast, uh, this is season two now. My industry is ophthalmology, and um, although we cover some things that are ophthalmic specific, the goal of the podcast is actually to talk about a wide range of topics that affect all of healthcare and the practice management side. Healthcare is tough. I say that in every single episode because it is. I live and breathe it. I'm a practice administrator and it's just it's just a lot. So I sympathize with you, um, but I also just really want to encourage uh, listeners and to know that you are not alone. So again, welcome and thank you for joining us. Today we have a special treat. I have had the pleasure of working with someone for um, a a while now, and um, she handles social media for me in lots of different capacities. I actually use her in my own private practice, and I use her with another company, and we've just known each other for a really long time. So we were chatting, and one of the things that I get asked a lot about in my consulting side is about how you establish your online presence, especially in healthcare. Healthcare itself, it's uh, historically, it's been taboo to even do marketing. So probably 20 years ago, it was just unheard of. Um, you didn't market doctors. You marketed hospitals and you marketed universities, um, maybe training programs, but an individual doctor would have never done an ad campaign or marketing. And obviously times have changed. Now it's kind of flipped where it's unheard of to not do some level of marketing. So in my experience at least, there are definitely groups that do really well with TV commercials and radio ads and kind of more traditional marketing. Um, You know, LASIK practices probably are kind of the the number one there, maybe a a heart, you know, care center, things like that. But traditionally in healthcare, private practice especially, um, social media has actually, is kind of the go-to place. And we'll cover this a little bit more with with our guest today, but it's really even, I, I feel, it's even kind of transcended to the next phase where it's not really even marketing anymore. It's just the necessity. You have to have a website. You really should have a presence on the types of mediums where patients are looking for you, whether it be Instagram or Facebook. People go online nowadays. So There's a lot here. It's obviously a full-time effort, I guess, to have a really great online presence. So we're certainly not gonna cover all that today, but I did want to introduce the topic um, and touch on some key points um, through through this discussion um, and really just kind of talk about ways that if you haven't started anything to at least get you started, And if you do have a pretty good presence, maybe something will come up today that is helpful. Today's uh, guest that we have, her name is Mary Catherine O'Neill, and I have actually known MC, she goes by MC. Um, I've actually known her for several years, and like I said, I've worked with her in different capacities, and she's really wonderful. 
Um, so welcome, MC. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. We're so excited. I love guests guests on our podcast because you know I can talk all day, but who wants to hear from me? <laughs> um, I think I told you this when we started officially working together, but you're you're my favorite marketer I think I've ever worked with, and. Maybe some of it is because you have a logical approach to things. I also think you have um, a, a youthful perspective in the sense that you understand how people are using media. So if you could give our listeners just a little bit of background um, and then maybe what led you into this field in general. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, my background is actually in art. My degree is in media arts, which got me interested in the artistic side of business Uh, So I worked in media for a musician. I've worked for an editorial house in New York where we did all kinds of different companies. And then that led me into freelancing myself, um, which led me to Funcio and led me to you. So I love that. One of the things that I just, I always make a joke about, but I just thought it was, like it hit me one day. I was talking to MC and we were talking about some of the other industries she's worked in and some of the other clients. And it was like, you probably get this all the time. Do people always say, are you an influencer? Yeah. They're like, oh, so you're an influencer, and what do you always Which say? The answer is no, but I'm the one behind the behind the scenes. <laughs> yes. She's actually behind the influencers. So the joke is, are they an inf- is she an influencer? Well, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> you're, you're the real influencer, so... She's the influencer for for how for the for the uh, companies that she works with me for. Um, so yeah. you've worked actually with quite a few different kinds of industries. But how would you feel that that's kind of all led you into the path for healthcare? So having worked with different industries, I've worked in hospitality, food and beverage, fashion, retail, you name it. Um, it's really cool to take all of that experience and apply it to healthcare because I think that healthcare in my opinion, is a little bit behind, like you've said. Um, So being able to utilize all the things that I learned in those other industries and kind of push uh, the marketing and social media stuff that I do in healthcare, push it a little further and maybe a little bit past the boundaries of what healthcare and social media is kind of used to, um, I think it makes for a very interesting way to market healthcare through social media. I think that's a really good point because... Ultimately, the goal is just to connect, right? Yeah. The The goal is to connect with whoever your consumer is. And mm-hmm. I know consumer is a dirty word in healthcare because there are patients and we care for them and all, I get it. Yes, we'll be appropriate on the outside. But for purposes of this podcast, they really are our consumers. And mm-hmm. I think that's a good point because you're able to pull in those experiences maybe from other industries or the way that other people are marketing, which really a consumer of healthcare is still buying shoes. They're still yes. buying groceries. Yes. They're still using these other They're still right. consuming other forms exactly. of advertising and marketing. Yeah. Exactly. And we have to speak their language, otherwise they're not gonna find you. So we talked a little bit about healthcare being similar in the sense of it bringing in experience from other industries, but can you tell us a little bit about how healthcare is actually quite different than other industries that you have worked with. As far as social media, I would say healthcare is pretty behind, like we talked about earlier. Um, we've just started seeing practices utilizing social media for marketing purposes within the last couple of years. So the content is a little bit behind, definitely the content strategy. Um, so what I like to do when I partner with a practice is to kind of give them that foundational 
knowledge of just how to use social media and how to create your content and how to present it in a really consumable way for people. I like that because really you have to start, I, I talk about this in a couple of different episodes and I talk about it all the time because I believe it, but you have to do the foundational work first. Absolutely. You don't put the roof on before you have the walls, right? <laughs> so you have to have the foundation before you do the walls. So without the proper foundation, I feel like in general in business, one of the reasons why you know a lot of businesses fail is because they don't have the foundation there. Um, when you work with a practice that's kind of just starting off, that part is, is really important. So if you were to just advise a, a practice, let's say you weren't gonna work with them, they don't wanna outsource it, what kind of advice would you maybe give someone who's either just starting out or maybe they have a presence but they wanna do better? Um, that's a great question. I would first advise them to really evaluate how much time and resources that they can give to social media. Um, it's definitely good to assign somebody on your team that responsibility. Um, preferably someone who has experience using social media or who just who, you know, has a presence already personally just so that they know how it works. And then it's really important to develop a solid strategy. Um, that can look like setting up a Facebook or setting up an Instagram, just making sure that you have a presence on every social media um, and then tailoring that to the demographic of your patients. So for example, I work for your ophthalmic practice and that's normally um, an older crowd. So we use Facebook more than any other social media. And then for phone COA, I focus a lot on LinkedIn because we're a B2B company. Um, so it's all about knowing your demographic, knowing who you're trying to reach, and really taking advantage of whatever form of social media will get you in touch with that network. That is a really good point, actually, because even if you were like, when you were saying that it's an ophthalmology is an older audience, it's true, especially if you're cataracts or, or whatnot. But, you know, LASIK, for example, might be more of the mid-20s. Right. So it really, really is important, you know, to know your audience and to just kind of pay attention. Just because you like Facebook doesn't mean that's where your patients are going. So we've, we've kind of talked about the, the where. So we've talked about Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter. What do people think about Twitter? Twitter, in my opinion, is a pretty casual social media. Um, I don't use it for any of the practices that I'm involved with, but if your demographic would fit in that category, you know, if you have younger patients, that could always be an option. What about TikTok? TikTok is interesting, um, and we I've been seeing a lot more of it recently. If you have younger patients, let's say you're a dermatologist practice, if you're even a pediatric practice for your, you know, teenage patients, we're seeing a lot of practices joining TikTok and it's fun because they'll have somebody on their team kind of create the content and they'll have all their nurses or all their techs kind of doing fun TikTok trends. And I think it's a really great way to connect to your younger audience. Um, it's a fun way for your employees to bond together. And it's a really cool way to keep yourself kind of relevant in the eye of like your young patients. I love the word relevant. That's a great choice of word because really at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do. So we've talked about the where. Let's talk about the how. Um, 
when you're working with a private practice, how do you really approach their social media plan? Or maybe for those that have to kind of manage it in-house, what would advice be for, for them? It all starts with content. So you want to break down your content into maybe three or four categories and you know fill those, I call them content buckets, and fill those content buckets as much as you can. Um, it's always great to plan your social media in a monthly calendar. So take the time to plan exactly what you're going to post every week. And then it's really nice to be able to utilize um, things like Later or Facebook Business Suite and take an hour or two and input all those posts and plan them out for the month and you don't even have to think about it. They'll post for you. They'll post automatically. It's a little bit of a time investment in the beginning, but then you're going to be able to leave it alone and it's going to do its thing all month, which is really nice for a practice who doesn't have a ton of time to invest. So if I said value add to you, let's start with, can you explain a little bit about what that would mean? Yeah, so a big part of social media strategy um, is having value add content. So you always want to be promoting your practice. You always want to be promoting your business and putting yourself out there and your doctors out there. Um, But one thing that's important to have is something that we call value add content. So that's where, you know, any random person can go to your social media account and they leave with another piece of knowledge, with more information. Um, They leave with something valuable. So for example, with Phone COA, we have a little series that we call Management Tip Monday, where every Monday we post, you know, a practice administration tip or a practice management tip um, that usually leads to an article or something of more substance. Um, But it's a way to provide our followers and our um, consumers with something valuable to them, not just something that's promoting ourselves. Um, And that can look a lot of different ways for a private practice. You can talk more in depth about your services. You can explain what certain procedures are. You can give fun facts. You can, you know, educate on, you know, for your ophthalmic practice, there will be, sometimes it's glaucoma awareness month. Sometimes it's UV awareness month. So we'll do a little educational series on stuff like that. So there's a lot of ways to do it, but I'd say that's probably one of the most important aspects of a social media page is having that value add content. And I, I think you agree because this was your idea, (laughs) but have some fun with it. Absolutely. You post eye jokes. They're like, come on guys in ophthalmology, we're a bunch of eye nerds. I mean, just own it. We are the geekiest group of people (laughs) and I love the jokes. Yeah, I think those have been really fun, especially like we said earlier, sometimes healthcare, specifically ophthalmology, can get a little bit stuffy. So it's always fun to throw in like a, an eye joke like that, or I mean, stay up to date on the current memes, as stupid as that might sound, the current memes and the trends and stuff, and kind of manipulate those for your business and I promise your followers and your patients are gonna get a laugh out of it. We get such great response Um, for all of our jokes and things like that. So don't be afraid to post something that might feel stupid to you because, you know, people are going to remember it and it's going to make people laugh, which is what the goal is. I mean, I think the whole point of why it's called social media, you're building a social network where people want to come back to you and kind of treat you as that source of information. All right, you mentioned working with a company called Phone COA. Um, I did. Want, I just want to pause for a second and explain what that is. It's a it's a great company. Um, 
It supports ophthalmology practices by pre-screening patients and preloading their information into the patient's chart before the patient gets into the actual exam in the office. Um, so it's a real time saver and it's just a way to kind of build in that layer of efficiency. Can you just tell us, we talked about a private practice. You were talking about phone COA too, as far as value add and you know the things that you're working on. What about industries that are, are practice or companies, I guess, that are in the same industry, which mm-hmm. is healthcare, mm-hmm. but maybe different in that space? So we have a lot of listeners who are maybe with uh, vendors or like a pharmaceutical company or an equipment company where phone COA provides a service to the healthcare industry, but we don't, we don't actually, you know, treat patients. So how would you kind of tackle that a little bit different or maybe not? Maybe it doesn't matter. Um, it's definitely a different approach. Um, when you have, especially a business that's serving other businesses instead of a direct consumer, um, like we were saying before, knowing your audience, knowing what platform to market yourselves on. But then it's also just very different in the way that you network on those platforms. So with PhoneCOA, we connect a lot with different doctors. Um, sometimes we partner up with different companies in the same field. Um, because it's important to remember that as much as people on these apps are finding you, it's also a resource for you to find other people that are going to help your business and help your practice. I like that. No, it's, it kind of is just like, this is why people outsource, I think, because it can seem overwhelming if you're on the inside Mm -hmm. and your job is something else, you know, because, so it's, it is overwhelming. It can be overwhelming to me for social media, the planning is everything. So setting up the proper accounts, but planning what you want your message to be, making sure that it's still is on brand, you know, that, that's the, the real hours. And a lot of us don't have that expertise. And then, you know, for someone like you, you know, that's huge value. But the actual posting of it, you know, is, is pretty streamlined, right? Absolutely. And I think that's where a lot of practices think that they can handle it or they think that they can tackle social media because to an outside person, it looks like you're just posting a picture every few days or, you know posting a graphic or whatever that may be. But in reality, it takes planning and a lot of strategizing and a lot of research. I mean, social media is constantly updating itself. Strategies don't work the same today as they did three weeks ago. So you're always having to stay on top of the new trends and you know what's gonna perform best. So it takes a lot, there's a lot going into it. Yeah, for sure. So then I guess the last piece, because in, in ophthalmology at least, we love to measure ourselves. We love, we love to win. We love the outcome. I'm kidding. But with social media, just like marketing, really the analytics do, do matter, right? I mean, what are your thoughts about analytics? I think it's easy to get caught up in the analytics, um, but it all depends on the numbers that you're looking at. A lot of people want to measure their success on social media through their number of followers. That's not always a great uh, representation of how successful your page is. For example, you could have less than 100 followers and have great engagement and have even better engagement than, you know, say an account with a few thousand followers. So it's all about how much your followers are interacting with you as well as how many people who are not your followers are still interacting with your content. So followers know engagement, absolutely. And what would, what would qualify an engagement? Like a like? 
Yes, likes, comments, saves, um, even views can count towards your engagement, you know, using hashtags really gets your content out there, seen by more people. I love that. There, I, there's some statistic while you were saying that I was trying to remember what it was, but it, in general, I'm not citing anything right here, but I'm sure you've heard it too. Isn't it like 80% of your business comes from 20% of the people or something? There's, yes. there's some crazy. Yes. Yes. And so you think about that. And I, I actually, that statement really resonates with me because you and I were talking about this with, um, with my, I think it was my practice. And we were talking about engagement and, you know, we were just talking about another practice, for example, that does a ton of social media. I see this, this practice all over the place. And I said to you, I think was something along the lines of, you know, are we doing okay? Cause we, you know, are we okay? And you just, you made that point. You're, you said that we, you know, have fewer followers, but Honestly, why would you follow us if you're not a patient of ours? Right. Like, why right. would you? So as long as we're engaging with our patients and that they're coming back to our page because they're actually using it as a source of information, I think really that's the ultimate goal. Absolutely. Well, um, this has been a great topic. I know that we try to keep these efficient so that you can listen to them pretty much on your drive to work. Um, there's so much we could keep talking about. Um, for those listeners who might want to have more information or who want to reach out to you or ask a question, what would be the best way for them to reach you? I am available at mc at phonecoa.com. And yeah, I'd love any questions about strategy, about, you know, just building your online presence. I'm always around for that. Love it. So thank you again um, for tuning in to this week's episode. If you have any questions, we are tackling all the different topics across healthcare and I could do this for a hundred years and we still wouldn't cover everything. So if you have anything specific you would like us to cover, please go and to our website or you can email me actually at, at Ashley, which is A-S-H-L-I-E at P-M- lclaw.com. That is our parent company, Practice Management and Legal Consulting, PMLCLAW.com. You can shoot us an email, you can go online, you can catch the podcast from our website or submit directly from there. So we appreciate you tuning in and we look forward to next week's episode. Practice Management Insights is a podcast produced by Practice Management and Legal Consulting. For more information, visit us at pmlclaw.com or to submit a topic for future consideration, email Ashley, A-S-H-L-I-E, at pmlclaw.com.